I'm going to try to record with the phone in my breast pocket because it's a very still day, but I think it's going to rain before long. And I have something to say about, I suppose, the, the peculiar relationship that there is, and you'll see the relevance of this to the maths of AI in a moment, between generalization and clarity. One of the things I've noticed many times, because I've been tinkering with, I wouldn't presume to call myself a developer, I just, I just quite like coding. Uh, just doing it is what I'm interested in, not the product of it. So I, I tinker around, and one of the things I discovered, doesn't matter what language you're writing in, is that the more I suppose flexible but also general you make your code the better the code is and better I mean really in both an aesthetic and an efficiency sense in other words you can think that what you want to do is sort of stream of consciousness stuff and some of the worst code most incomprehensible code you'll ever see is stream of consciousness because it just runs on and on and on can't see the structure, can't see what it's doing, can't see how it does it. And one of the things about the best code, especially in something like Python, is that it segments the tasks so that it will, as far as it can, generalize. It will produce code where you can reuse bits. In other words, you won't, every time you want to save the result of some calculation or whatever it might be you won't write another write sequence you'll just use the same subfunction call it write it move on and this is one of the wonders of the whole thing that it can link together lots and lots of snippets to do the things that it wants to do a bit like lego really the each of these functions is like a lego brick that can be manipulated in all sorts of ways to do all sorts of things and just to pursue that metaphor if you if you've got children who like lego and particularly if they like these kits that can be made into very specific things the problem with them is that they can only be made into those very specific things it's very difficult to adapt them so there's a peculiar there's a metaphor for this that is exactly what i'm trying to talk about there's a peculiar relationship between specificity and adaptability. And you could argue, and it has been argued, and I think it's largely right, that one of the reasons why human beings have been so successful, if that's the right word, in their evolution as a species on the planet is that they are very adaptable. That's partly intellectually, and it's partly in terms of the dexterity that opposing oppositional thumbs and the kinds of hands that we've got allow us because if we didn't have those it would be very difficult to implement lots of the stuff that we have implemented and made be that as it may i recently was involved in a little bit of development i won't say with whom in a kind of team setting through uh, github which is the sort of go-to solution for most developers and 
the specific thing that happened was that I wrote a little routine that was accepted and incorporated into the project. And so having done that, I thought, well, I might have another go at something else. And so I had a go at it. And then I realised that the people that were, or other, the other people that were involved in this project, because you've no idea who these people are or where they are, they just turn up online and pass comment on other people's efforts. These people were clearly, I wouldn't quite say antagonistic to the notion of a newcomer, but antagonistic to the notion that something might be done otherwise than the way they wanted it done. And as a result of this, there was a lot of criticism of what I had done. People saying that it was not a good approach or that they didn't like it or that there were all kinds of exceptions that it wouldn't work for. All of which, or a lot of which, was perfectly fair. But it would be a, you know, arguing that code's no good because it doesn't do everything would be a bit like tracking down Bill Gates in his garage in 1969 or whenever it was and telling him that DOS was no good because it wasn't Windows 11 or whatever the metaphor you want to use. So this is, I think, pretty unfair and really a device to try to dissuade people from having the temerity to put themselves forward as contributors to the project. And in fact, after I'd said that something about the relationship between generalization and specificity, which I did because they were saying that my solutions were too abstract, somebody said, the leaders of this project make the rules, not us. That's why it's successful. And I didn't reply to this because if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I absolutely disagree with more or less every word of that. I completely agree and freely acknowledge and absolutely adopt the view that when people have done a lot of work on a project that's been pretty successful, they deserve praise and respect. And clearly, there are certain things about the project that if they are to, if the project is to develop, will need to follow similar sorts of rules but the notion that you should defer to somebody just because they're a leader, so-called, and just because they started the whole thing, seems to me to be potty. And one of the challenges that any project needs to overcome, deal with, before it can move from being essentially a hobbyist project that you do in your back garden, to a project that involves several and then dozens, and if you think about Microsoft and Apple, hundreds, if not thousands of people developing things together. Now, I've never been a member, qualified to be a member of a professional development team. Not a professional development team, that's something else, but, but a professional development team for software. But I can't believe that if you're in Microsoft or Apple, or Google or wherever it might be, that there aren't really strict rules about what you're allowed to do. And one of the arguments that I was getting from other collaborators, all of whom know more about this than I do, I'm not making any case here, but I'm just reflecting on it, was that they wanted to be allowed to code the way they wanted to code, 
and using whatever variables and names they wanted to use because it wouldn't be right for some kind of system to impose a sort of standard on them. But it seems to me that that's exactly what is necessary before you can reasonably move forward. You can't have every Tom, Dick and Harry choosing to code in his own way. Firstly, because it becomes impossible to know whether the code is compatible with everything else that's been written. But I think more particularly because it involves such an enormous overhead, intellectual overhead, coming to understand code if it's all written in a slightly different style. So on the one hand, there needs to be this respect for general principles and rules. I mean, for example, in this particular case, one of the assumptions of the project is that it will be, all of it will be compatible with the version of C, C++, that was issued in 2011, so quite a long time ago. Basically, there's been an upgrade every year, but some of the upgrades are major and some are minor, so I think that 2011, 2014, 2017 were quite seriously big updates and the others were relatively minor. But, and again we've talked about this, if you insist on backwards compatibility, if you say everybody must be able to do this or nobody should be allowed to do it, then you run into really quite serious limitations or you end up rewriting code because the earlier versions of C simply didn't have functions that could do certain things. And C is notorious for being a wonderfully flexible language in which you can write pretty well anything that can be written in code, but it does lack a sufficient number of standard libraries, or the older versions particularly did, for you to be able to do what you do in Python, where the number of libraries and functions that you can call on is enormous. And it's very difficult to imagine anything that you would reasonably want to do in Python that somebody hasn't already written a routine to do. The question for you is how do you bolt them together? Which brings me back to the point that I was making about the Lego bricks and the general structure and discipline of development. Well, inevitably, I'm sorry to say, what started as quite a friendly and constructive conversation eventually began to take a slightly more aggressive turn and people seemed to decide that this new kid on the block needs to put him back in his, bo back in his box. And so what we found instead, what we found, was that everything that I'd done was criticised. And people started having their own conversations, all of which assumed that what I had done was unworkable, which it certainly wasn't. And you get, which is another sort of metaphysical thing, people saying, oh, well, you shouldn't be writing in Python, you should be writing in C. Although I thought that I'd made it perfectly clear that Python was a preparatory stage a sort of proof of concept 
and that the C code would follow. But so it goes on. And basically what people are saying is you're not welcome or your ideas are not welcome. It's not personalised. And I kind of came away from this with a very strong sense that I wanted to plagiarise Rabbi Burns, who famously once said, I don't think I can do the quote quite, but it's more or less, the more I deal with human beings, the more I deal with people, the more I love my dog. Except that what I would say is, the more I deal with human developers, the more I love AI. Because AI just doesn't do this. You can ask Darth questions of AI and it will answer them. In some time, sometimes it will allow you to tie a noose around your own neck. It doesn't argue with you. But it will sometimes try to correct you or point you in the right direction by saying something as indeed GPT-4 did the other day when I asked it if it could produce some C code, C++ code, to do a certain thing involving a lot of string processing. It said, well, that's not a very good idea at all. Python's a much better language for that kind of thing. So here's some Python code instead. Uh, which is, was absolutely fine, didn't bother me, I thought it was very amusing. So it does exercise some degree of judgement and autonomy. But, generally speaking, I'd much rather deal with an AI that just answers the question than with a human being who presented with something has first recourse to, I don't like this, I don't want to do it like this. And despite the fact that until the moment when I produced some system code, nobody had done it at all, then decide that it shouldn't be done my way, it should be done their way. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, get on with it. Uh, it's, it's no skin off my nose one way or the other. As I said in one of my replies, I have no problem at all if you don't want to use what I've written because the, my, one of the things I do with coding, one of the things I enjoy about it, is that I learn how to do things that I didn't know before. So a week or two ago, I didn't know much about GitHub, never really used it seriously, or certainly not used it properly. I didn't know very much about C++, although I'm so old that I think I read the first edition of the first book on C ever to be written by Kernigan and Ritchie and I found it pretty incomprehensible at the time. And so, we, we're dealing with two different arguments. And the third argument that came up was this argument about complexity and generality and readability. Now, I think it's really important that code is readable. But what people think is readable very much depends upon their own level of expertise and indeed their own level of competence. So that somebody who writes in C all the time will think something is eminently readable and simple and straightforward and somebody else will find it incomprehensible. So there's a peculiar kind of inconsistency here which in the end I think really does boil down to 
we are going to do things our way and you have to play by our rules if you want to play with our ball in our backyard. And that's fine. Uh, people can certainly do that. But those of us that were picked on at school by the playground bullies were probably at that stage encouraged to develop a thick skin that if it doesn't actually take the bullies on face to face simply says all right you do it your way and I'll do it mine and we'll see which of us goes the furthest. So it's been quite an interesting couple of weeks and I haven't done much podcast recording I haven't done all that much of much except coding it's a bit like that it does become a bit obsessional or at least I am a bit obsessional when it comes to it but uh, it'll be interesting to see where we're going with it and uh, if nobody ever uses my code or pays any attention to it or whatever it may be I don't mind I'm reconciled to the fact that I'm some kind of outlier over all of this and I've been doing it like that for a long time and I'm not about to change now thank you for listening